Welcome to the Fitbox Podcast. This is your host, Joseph Frankie. Glad you're here listening. On our podcast, we talk about two main things. First and foremost, we interview members of Fitbox so that way you can hear their stories about how they're repaying debt, how they're saving for retirement, buying homes, all this type of stuff, really to give you motivation and some different ideas. That's the first thing we talk about. The second thing our podcast do is we take individual finance topics and go through them in more detail so that way you can say, does this apply to me and how does this apply to my plan? So if you have questions or you want to sign up for Fitbucks, you can do so in the show notes, fitbucks.com, build your profile, schedule a call. We'll be talking to you soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Fitbucks Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Ranke. Another day, another student loan extension. Uh, was just announced um, just a few hours ago, actually. And already, we're getting emails, comments on Facebook, and all that type of stuff. Uh, so I wanted to jump on and do a, a podcast uh, to answer a few things. One, uh, a lot of you have been asked, like, just emailing me, just wanted to know, like, what you read of who this benefits and all this type of stuff. Is it actually true or not in terms of who the extension benefits and is it really causing inflation? So I'm going to address that. Um but also, you guys have been asking me, like, what's my opinion on, you know, when these things are actually going to be put back into place. And uh, I'll go through with you my thoughts on that because it could be, you know, one of three time periods, basically. <clears throat> so that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, as always, before we jump into it, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that way you guys get notified when new episodes come out. Um, and if you guys, uh, want financial planning help, let us know our new technology is out, um, in our new beta form where we're testing it, signing people up, gotten awesome feedback on it so far. Um, so yeah, we continue to build out more and more AI recommendations with our technology and, uh, let's jump into the topic at hand. First and foremost, uh, a lot of you have been asking, uh, who does this student loan repayment pause really benefit the most? You know, is what I'm reading true or not? Um, and basically, the reason why that's that's being answer, or asked is a lot of uh, publications out there are like, well, this is uh, helping low-income individuals the most and blah, 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 blah. Um, my point of view on that is no, it's not. It's actually helping people that make a lot of money or make way more than, than what the average makes. So just to let you know, like the average in America is something like $40,000 a year. So like if you're making seventy, eighty, ninety thousand $90,000 a year, you're like two times the average. Okay, so you quote unquote make a lot of money relative to the rest of the people in the country. And in my opinion, that's who's benefiting. The The reason for that is let's just actually look at really low income individuals. Um, let's just say they're making thirty grand a year, twenty grand a year, forty grand a year. At the end of the day, their AGI, their adjusted gross income is so low that they can go on a a conjurban repayment plan and their payments are $0 a month. So if you can't afford $0 a month, then something's wrong with you, okay? Um, now, you go into that next tiered bracket, which hits a lot of undergrads that are making, you know, about forty five dollars to $60,000 a year. Um, and I've said this in past podcasts before, again, if they over borrowed and have really high monthly payments and they're not paying and they can't afford to pay off their loan. So they're on an income driven repayment plan. Then 
those payments are capped as a percentage of AGI. And so it comes out for them to being about 5 to 7% of gross income. Again, if you can't afford to pay 5 to 7% of your gross income toward your student loans, then something's really wrong with your personal financial situation. Now, I also understand, too, that it's also tough because of the out-of-control inflation that we've been having recently in this country. But, you know, normal situation, it's like, look, you know, 5% of your gross income, you should be able to make payments on that. I mean, I know people that, I mean, their phone bills, their internet bills, their streaming bills are actually more than that every month. Um, I know car loans are more than that every month for those same individuals. And so I don't see it really helping them. Not only that, but if they want to pay it off, there's other things you can do to still drop your payments lower and just pay it off over time. So it wouldn't really hurt you in terms of buying things like a home or whatever it is. There's other factors that are hurting you in terms of buying a house, such as inflation and home prices. That has more than anything. Okay, so who does this really benefit then? Well, it's actually people that are making higher incomes. Let's just say it's seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000, you know, if you're an MD and Dennis making 200, 300 grand a year. That's who's benefiting the most. Now, I'll give you an example of that. Um, let's just say you owed 100 grand uh, when you graduated and you have 5% uh, loans. These things have been extended now for over two years. It's going to be more than two years, but let's just say it's two years right now. Just explicitly in interest, that has saved you about nine to $10,000 in interest payments. And if you're using that money to turn around and paying off your loans, because you're paying off the principal faster, that saves you additional interest in the long run. So already, it's saving those people that are making high incomes about ten to fifteen thousand uh, dollars per one hundred grand. So let's just say you owe hundred grand, you make eighty grand a year. That's some significant savings. You're saving a lot of money. Um, and then if you're like, in, let's just say you're an MD making like three hundred grand a year, but you have three hundred grand in student loans, it's already saved those people. Uh, those individuals about forty forty five thousand dollars, and so it's like when you hear the reason why I say that's because and I brought this up again. I've been getting a lot of questions on like Facebook and social media, like who is this really benefiting? Is it really helping the poor people, or what is what's going on? Well, now you know it's actually from a dollars and cents standpoint, it's helping people that have good incomes. Now the argument is is you know well is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, you could flip a coin on that. I can make arguments. You know, it's stimulating the economy. Is it causing inflation? Yeah, like a lot of those people are buying stuff. But actually, in reality, a lot of those individuals that that we speak with, at least, so we're biased in this because we, we talk to people, obviously, people coming to us for financial help. A lot of the people that we talk to have been taking advantage of the student loan pause where they're saving the money and, and using that money to pay off the loans. And so they're not going out and using it to buy cars. They're not using it to go out and buy houses. So how much of it is it really stirring inflation? In my opinion, it's not too much because the people that, you know, are making 40 grand a year, 50 grand a year, 60 grand a year, they're not going to be buying those things anyways. So I, I don't see it really stoking that. And I actually have another podcast coming out about what I think is actually stoking the the inflation in terms of things like housing prices uh, but that's a different podcast so i wanted to touch on that real quickly um just talking about who actually really benefits from this thing and is that right or wrong that's up to you to decide um i have my opinion that i'm not going to share on this podcast but you know is it right or wrong that again in my opinion 
higher income individuals in this country are far more benefiting from this repayment pause than quote unquote poor people or lower income people. Um, again, that's my perspective and I'm not going to share that in this podcast. <laughs> um, but you can probably guess which way I, I lean towards on that. Um, so anyways, next on to the next topic of when do I actually think these things are going to be kicked back into repayment? Okay. Now, when Joe Biden got elected, I came out and I said on a couple podcasts that I was interviewed on that I believe at that point in time that I didn't want to believe this because I, I like to think of people being, you know, I, I like being positive about people, uh, but I'm also a realist. Um, I thought that it was going to be, actually, before I go into that, we had, were in this catch-22 because it's like, this is, you know, this is when this payment's going to end. We're not going to extend it past that. It's like, I, I like to trust in people that they're actually telling the truth. And so that's what we have to go by as a company. Like they say this date, that's going to be the end date. Now, in a lot of these podcasts that I was interviewed in and whatnot, and even on our podcast, I said, look, it's going to happen in one of three time periods. My big gut feeling, and I still say this to today, um, is that when Joe Biden was elected president, I had said that, in my opinion, <clears throat> that we would not see uh, student loan repayment as long as Joe Biden or a Democrat was in the presidential office. So the soonest that we would see it is after the 2024 presidential election if Democrats lost that presidential election. Uh, the reason why I said that is because, in my opinion, this was going to be a backdoor way for them to uh, instill loan forgiveness without actually having to pass a loan forgiveness law. Um, now, I can go into an hour-long conversation about why and where I came up with that thesis and that political science idea, uh, but I'm not going to go into that. Now, how re real is that? It's gotten more real, and there's been a lot of publications now, um, even some some Democrats coming out and some publications, I believe, like, don't quote me on this, but I think like Business Insider, WAPO, Washington Post and stuff in this last week have been putting out edit, edit, uh, or uh, articles saying that Biden should extend them all the way through the 2024 presidential election. So they're already starting to talk about that. But I had said that back when Biden was running for president, that if he won, I think I thought that they were going to extend this all the way past because it's a good political weapon. And again, I'm not going to dive into that into too much details, but that's my my gut is this going to be extended for a long time, okay? Now, if it doesn't, and I'm wrong on that, when do I think the other times that it could be, okay? And again, this is all based on political science, right? Um, they just extended it to end at the end of August, all right? Now, is there a probability and there, there's a possibility that it's going to be kicked in at that time period? Maybe. And I would still say that that's a low probability at this point. And the reason why I say that is because they want to use it <clears throat> as a political weapon going into um, the midterms. And <clears throat> the, um, 
I forgot which which publication came out with it this morning, but it was actually a really good article. It showed that going into the presidential election, the last one, Joe Biden's approval rate among millennials was 70%. And that number in that poll has dropped down to 41%. Okay, so basically in a year, year and a half, it's dropped down 30%. Okay, so in my opinion... They might use this for a political thing to get millennials like, yes, I'm excited about Joe Biden again and and Democrats and go out and vote. And it's not how they'll vote. They just want them to turn out and actually vote. And so I believe that if they are able to come up with some type of loan forgiveness stuff right before the midterm election going into September, that they will do it. If they can't come up with anything, then it's going to get pushed back again. Okay. Now, what's the reality of them passing something? Um, you know, in the executive action, Joe Biden just, you know, signing something and saying this is forgiven. It's not very high because a lot of people don't know this, but Nancy Pelosi, who runs the House of Representatives, have already come out and said, and she's a Democrat, if you don't know that, has already said that Joe Biden doesn't have the power to do that. It has to go through Congress. Okay. Now, what's the the reality of them passing a bill to forgive anything? Um, uh, It's not very high because a lot of Democrats that are on the hot seat in terms of this midterm election won't vote for it because their constituents that are voting for them have already been polled and have already told them we don't want loan forgiveness because they don't view it as being fair. Okay, So again, they could do something right before the election. I, I just don't see it happening. Okay, now the other side of that um, is that I, if they do kick it back in, then, then it would be, in my opinion, in February of 2023. And the reason being is because that's when the new Congress comes in. Okay, now the reason why I say this, and again, this is going political. These are all my own opinions. Like just you know, these guys listen to some of this podcast stuff. Like I've, I've dug in a lot into political science and, and all that type of stuff because of my investment background. My opinion, and I, this is you know what I've said since day one, is that presidents, at the end of the day, they really just care about getting reelected themselves. Like the midterms do mean something, but at the end of the day, like the bigger picture is the presidential election because they care about themselves and themselves pretty much only. Okay, that's just my personal opinion. Actually, all politicians, that's my personal opinion of them. Okay, and what they, what I. Is basically saying Biden's going to do is he's going to wait till after the midterm, and as of right now, all the projections are that the, that the House and the Senate are going to go back to Republicans. They're going to kick the student loan repayments back in, and then they're going to use that as fodder uh, for the presidential election in 2024, saying, "You see, um, I, tr- I, I I we tried. We wanted to do loan forgiveness, but Republicans won't let us." And, you know, they're going to completely ignore the two years they could have passed something of his first two years of of presidency. But they're going to use this as a political tool to try to stimulate votes again. okay, or buy votes, however you want to determine it, whatever that is. And so I can see, like, when you look at those three time periods, you know, are they actually going to kick these in in September? That's time period one. Or is it going to be February of 2023? That's two. Or what I said the very first time of, I don't think that they're going to kick them in until um, the Democrats are out of the presidential office. Those are the three time periods. 
I, I don't think they're going to kick them in in September, um, especially at this point. I, I just I don't see it happening before a midterm election. I don't see them getting anything done with forgiveness. At the end of the day, I don't see them being able to do anything that benefits Democrats in the midterm election. Therefore, I don't believe that student loans are going to be kicked in again this year. Okay. So what's the probability of it happening in February of next year? I think it's a, a pretty high probability. I'm not, I don't want to put a number on it, but I think it's pretty pretty decently high. Um, I guess I could put a number on it. If I had to put a number between February of next year um, kicking in or what I said, you know, very beginning of these things not getting kicked in until Democrats are out of the presidential office, I would say at this point I'm 50-50 on that. Um, you know, I just, I don't want to be right in terms of them not kicking this in because Again, it's a very negative view that I'm making those assessments on um, in terms of like my political background of, of researching political science and uh, like understanding all that stuff. So I want to believe in people and I want to believe in the best in them. But in reality, I also know that eh, I know how politics works. So, you know, it's, it's not a... It's, it's not an industry for the, the faint of heart, I'll tell you that much. So because of that, I want to be wrong about them not extending this thing until, you know, President Biden's out of, out of office um, or Democrats are out of the presidential uh, office. But I also know reality is that it, it probably isn't going to happen. So that's why I'm putting it at 50-50. So at this point in time, again, when are they going to kick back in? Maybe September, uh, February of 2023, or like I said, they're just going to keep kicking the can down the road to the next presidential election so they can use it as as fodder for that election. We'll see what happens. Um, but February of, of 2023 is actually looking more and more likely as the date. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Now, like I said in the past, you guys have asked me to, within the current framework, what do I think should happen? You guys already know, like, the whole zeros and interest rate thing that should be fine like this whole extension thing like i've been saying it since day one like if you really think that this extension is helping poor people or low-income people i should say then do targeted loan forget or uh, targeted zero percent interest rates or targeted repayments where if your income's under a certain number you don't have to enter repayment if you don't want to and it's still zero percent interest like there's ways around it and to me again there's simple answers and, and they're not doing that because then they couldn't use it as political ammo anymore. So anyways, <laughs> I digress. Now, again, like I said in the beginning, is it right or wrong that they're extending it? I don't know. That's that's not, you know, I have my opinion, but that's not what this podcast is about. This podcast is, like I said in the beginning, who does this help? And when, you know, can you expect these things to be kicked back in? Now, the bigger problem, and I'll end on this, the reason why this is such a big problem and why I get so frustrated is that it prevents people from actually building a financial plan. Because it's like, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, you can't plan if you don't know. And so I always say, I don't care if they forgive loans. I don't care if they keep 0% interest rates and kick them back in. I don't care if they say, look, we're just entering back into repayment. Like personally, I, it just, I, I don't care in terms of a financial planning standpoint. I just want to know one way or the other. What is happening so that way people can plan? And that's more and more as this thing gets dragged on. 
that's what I keep hearing from more and more people on the phone and workshops, whatever it is, is I, I, I just hate, I hate being in limbo. Like I just want to know what's going on and I just want to do it. Um, and so to me, that's the biggest problem is, you know, what the Biden administration is doing is they're keeping everybody in limbo. And that's the part where I get upset about, as you can tell, probably in this tone uh, of this podcast, um, it really, it really pisses me off because to me, it's politicians that just are really all they care about is power. It's their way of keeping that power and they're playing with people's lives. And I, I can't stand it. Like it, it unnerves me. So anyways, that's the podcast. Uh, again, subscribe, tell your friends about us and we will be talking to you soon.